I'm a myth buster when it comes to everything birth control. And it's because we're taught and we're conditioned to believe that birth control is this magic pill. But baby, healing is a process and never a pill. So like if you're trying to control birth, that's one thing. But a lot of people are put on hormonal birth control to regulate their periods, to alleviate pain, to whatever, fill in the blank. But it's like, what about the side effects? You are listening to The Medicine Podcast. I am Mimi. What is up, everybody? This is Chase. So long story short, we were childhood sweethearts turned husband and wife in our early 20s. Despite following the mainstream script for happiness, we actually divorced for three years. Only to later reunite as soulmates with a brand new outlook on love, God, health, and the real medicines of the universe. If you find yourself wondering, is there more to this life, to health, to God, to love? Then you are in the exact right place. Consider this your bridge to expansion for body, mind, and relationships. We are uncovering and discovering with you. Let's go take the medicine. Hello, hello, lovers. This is episode 99 of The Medicine. 99. I can't believe we're almost at 100 episodes. Okay, so spoiler, we are having a huge celebratory giveaway for our 100th episode. Basically, all of our partners like ClearStem, Living Libations, Real Mushrooms, Toto, and so many more have contributed some incredible products towards this giveaway with a value over $1,000. So on November 21st, we'll be choosing 10 winners for this giveaway, you guys. Freaking epic. 10 winners. <laughs> Obviously, I'm very excited about this. So definitely tune in to episode 100 next week and keep an eye out on Instagram and your email for giveaway details on how to enter and win. Okay, so back to this episode because it's also epic. Today, we are speaking to my soul tie sister, Barion Berry. Barry is a menstrual health educator, practitioner, and the founder of Optimize Your Flow. She teaches modern women to transform their periods in life through menstrual mastery. From hormone balancing to cycle syncing to mood enhancing and self-healing, Barion covers it all and is excited to help you have your best period yet. And today's very real, very educational conversation is not just for us ladies, but also our men. Today is all about how to invite your partner into topics like birth control, your menstrual cycle, and fertility, which, let's be honest, historically usually falls on the woman to just deal with and figure out herself. Well, we're not satisfied with that at The Medicine. We really want our entire lifestyle to support and reflect a healthy, conscious relationship, which includes dialogue around stuff like this. So in listening today, you'll be able to move past any awkwardness so that you feel open and supported by your partner. Also, another spoiler, because Barry is such an important advocate for women's health, I wanted to get her take on what she's seeing and hearing with many, many women she talks to on a daily basis around menstrual cycles surrounding the V word. There has been a lot of discussion on social media and the like about this, and I wanted to hear directly from Barry, who I knew would give honest insight. So towards the end of the episode, she shares her thoughts, and we have some very real dialogue around this whole touchy topic of the V word. 
If this episode helps you in any way, please share it with your best girlfriend or your significant other or on your Instagram story. Make sure you tag me if you do. All right. Enjoy this enlightening conversation with my girl, Barry. Welcome back to the Medicine Podcast. I am Mimi and I have my partner, my love, my king. What is going on, everybody? <laughs> this is Jay. Super fired up to be here. So we have a guest today who, when I think about this human, this wonderful light in the world, when I think about her, what pops into my head is equal parts advocate and equal parts educator. And that's sort of how I like to think of myself. So right away, we clicked immediately. And uh, I am so happy to have Barry on Barry on for a second time. We had her on early in, uh, in the uh, trajectory of the Medicine Podcast, episode number 28. But she is back. And this conversation is going to be epic. I know it. Thank you for being on. We are so happy to have you. I'm so excited to be here. And I love the fact that that was episode 28, like very synchronistic when you think about menstrual yeah. cycles, right? So, oh my gosh, I hadn't wow. even thought about that. I mean, and then also we've got Chase here. Like, what's up? Yes. Let's How's go. it going? Yeah. I know. I'm so excited. I meant to ask, I'm sure this is sort of novel for you because you talk to women and about women and you're such an advocate for women's health all around. I mean, have men been a part of the conversations yet? Yeah. So in my group coaching programs and in my one-on-one, -on -one, we bring the men in and that's so they can be one, educated, two, empowered, and three, equipped to actually support the women. And so I'm so excited to bring this to your podcast and have your partner here with us because yeah. I think you're going to provide a lot of perspective for us and maybe you'll ask some questions and I'll answer it on my toes. But this is, I think that being able to have this conversation is really essential. And so now that we get to like publicly have it, it's like, oh, what's good? Let's do it. Yeah. I, I'm so excited to have Chase here. And originally I was like, I don't know. I don't want to push him into this if he wants to just leave it. Cause sometimes I just, I interview people on my own if it's more of like a women's area, but this is like, I told him before we, you know, even got on with you that like, I love that he can be such a wonderful example of, you know, a partner really showing up for their partner in this space because unfortunately I think a lot of women are kind of um, on their own or they feel like they may be on their own in the in the topics of fertility and birth control and their period like to have a male partner who is just as invested and in, in wanting to know what's going on with me is like such a major blessing and so that's part of our intention with this episode is to sort of provide a resource for couples to learn how to embrace these topics of birth control, fertility, cycle syncing in this synergistic way that can really promote deeper connection, understanding, and support for both people. So yeah. just understanding more about each other is like there's no alternative, but your relationship is going to go deeper, which is what like we're all about. I think just like historically and traditionally, it's been just an arm's length uh, in the relationship topic. And at best, it's been like, how can we deal with this yeah. together? Yeah. And so what if we just reframed that? What if we flipped it on its head and actually appreciated and understood what nature is doing and looked to optimize it uh, collectively, you know, co-creatively, instead of looking at it like it's this obstacle that has to be like strategically manipulated around yeah. in order to be, yeah. you know, functional in life. Like it, a burden. It's a blessing. Yeah. And, and it's a gift from nature that we can 
truly optimize. Yep, absolutely. Nice. This is going to be so good. Like, did, <laughs> did we hear that intro? So ladies, listen up, okay? Make sure your, your partner's around so he can hear this too, because we're going to get into those goods. I think that, you know, when you think about women's health, menstrual cycles, hormonal birth control, all of that, it is generally put on the person with the period with the woman. Like it's generally our responsibility, but like a, a true partnership is us carrying the weight and the load together. So I think we're going to be able to kind of have a very good conversation, but also a very fun conversation around it too. So yes, absolutely. That's ours. Always our goal is to bring equal parts, fun and education. Um, before we jump into all of that, Anytime you come on our podcast, we're going to ask you this uh, same question we ask every guest, and that is, what about your life? What aspect of your life do you love so much that you wish you could gift to every human? My whole life. Like, I'm in such main character energy right now, but the main (laughs) thing would be my journaling routine. Um, I, tr- I do something called give every single morning. So first and foremost, I do like my gratitude and like just kind of how I'm feeling. And then I get really specific and give is an acronym. So first gratitude, and then I is for intentions and affirmations. V is for vision and vibes and E is for like effortless execution. And that's because I love alliteration. But what I've noticed is this actually sets my day up for success, not only personally, right, but professionally. And so I wish I could give everybody this one thing because it's like my medicine in the morning. Mm, I love that. So good. Journaling is so powerful and it seems like such a small thing. I think if you don't do it, it's like, oh, how much is that really going to change my life? And then you get into it and it's like, oh, damn oh, yeah. I can't go without this now. Alliteration is also magic. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite literally a spell that yeah. makes your brain remember something better. And so I like, yeah. to, I like to think of it as, uh, you know, magic. Yes, absolutely. I'm here for it. So I know we talked about on episode 28, we talked a little bit about your background and how you, how you kind of transformed and went from the corporate world to now what you're doing today. I, I really want to point people to that episode if they want to hear all about your background story and your history and everything. Today, I would love to start the interview um, by, uh, if you could just describe um, to the best of your ability. I know you do a lot for women, but how do you help women in your work today? A year later, and I still don't have an elevator pitch. (laughs) I still don't have one. But you know, I think this time around, what it is I really do is I educate and empower and equip women with the proper tools to truly take charge of their fertility in all facets, right? It's not just optimizing your flow. It's not just fixing your problematic period. I teach you how to really take charge of your fertility so you can live in flow. Mm, that's so good. And so you have, and we'll, we'll plug these at the end too, but you do that by way of um, live courses or how are you delivering that to women mostly? Right now it's a group coaching program, optimize your flow where we literally biohack your hormones and take your period from problematic to perfect. Um, But it's so different than what it initially started as because initially it was like a done for you course and, you know, I was like, this is a roadmap, bye. Now I actually get to 
do my curriculum and the education, but coach and really give you those tools to understand, hey, fixing my period allows me to live this lifestyle or make this better decision for myself or connect deeper with my partner, right? So it's not just a, this is how you do it. It's like, this is how you can do it. And this is how maybe you want to do it your way. So yeah, that's the main way people work with me right now. Awesome. I love that. We'll definitely um, jump into that at the end as well. And you can tell people where they can, you know, get more of you. But first, um, you know, we're going to break this episode up. You know, we want to talk about these major topics of birth control and then cycle syncing. Mm -hmm. And we want to open the dialogue of, you know, the details of each, and then also how we can really facilitate and support and encourage partners to be talking about this stuff together. So that's kind of what we're thinking and what we're going to be doing for the flow and the format here. So I want to start with uh, birth control. And this is, we're just jumping right into <laughs> to the deep stuff, to the heavy stuff. But this is so important. And um, I think this is, again, echoing our points at the beginning of, of this uh, episode. This is something that I think historically a lot of women have carried this information or this burden or this responsibility of birth control, specifically hormonal birth control, that it's sort of just expected that the woman would be on birth control if she's sexually active or or other, like if she's just alive. Um, and I really want to jump into what, in your opinion, were um, the intentions of this pharmaceutical historically? Like, what was it actually meant for? So before I answer, answer, let me just do a quick disclaimer for anyone who's like very sensitive listening. I'm here to inform you and not to offend you, but I'm going to speak truth regardless of your feelings. Uh, so buckle up, baby. Let's go. <laughs> right up. Brave girl. I love it. We're ready. Well, you know, it was intended to actually control birth. Now, if you want the background research, you know, there's tons of studies about how this was actually created and actually imposed one on men. They wanted to test it on men first. And then they're like, we don't like the mood swings. And then number two, they actually put it at disadvantaged communities across around the world. And one of the main places that was impacted by this was India um, and Cuba. Now, for reference, there's an episode, if you have the Netflix, the glorious Netflix, watch Sex Explained, and it's all about hormonal birth control and the actual history, but it was designed to control birth and almost, I don't know, I don't know if I really want to say this, but population control. Yeah. Yeah. That I've is heard initially that. what it was. Um, so yeah, there you go. There you go. Okay. Yeah. And I think, you know, maybe like, let's, let's, let's clarify, I'm, I'm going to give the guy's perspective a lot of times, which you know, when it comes to birth control, a lot of times just starts and stops at CVS, like the pharmaceutical, we know condoms as birth control, but like, what all are we talking about here? Is this the pill? And, and, and what is under the umbrella of birth control? So there's a lot of things. Um, I think today we're going to, when we're speaking about birth control, we're really going to be honing in on hormonal birth control specifically. So we're talking the pill, the shot, like the one they put in your arm, the IUD or intrauterine device. Um, there is also, what am I missing? Pillow patch. shot, IUD, patch, ring. There's so many at this yeah. point. It's, it's actually ridiculous. So pill, patch, ring, 
IUD. And I think that's it for now. I'm sure I'm missing something, but those are the main, the main ones. And when we call it hormonal birth control, what it is, is actually synthetic forms of our hormones being placed in the body. So there's two different types that are at play. One with, do we mind if I get really micro like this? Is that? Yeah, go for it. Go for it. So with the pill, there are two different types of pill. There is your mini pill, which is progestin only. Progestin is a synthetic form of progesterone, okay? And it operates completely different than actual progesterone. And what it actually does is it thickens the cervical fluid and prevents the sperm from actually being able to get to the egg to fertilize it. So that is how the mini pill specifically works. That is also how um, the IUD pretty much all IUDs with the exception of the copper IUD work. And that is also how the implant works, which is like the shot um, in the arm, okay? So then we have on the other end of the spectrum, the combination pill, which according to the World Health Organization is a known carcinogen. Just thought I'd throw that that one in there. Um, But this is a synthetic form of estrogen called ethanol estradiol, and then also your synthetic progesterone, progestin. And what this does is it actually prevents the communication between your brain and your ovaries. Now, this same combination can also be found in the ring in the patch specifically. And so when the communication between your brain and your ovaries is inhibited, you can't actually menstruate. Okay. Because you're not ovulating. Mm -hmm. So what you're receiving, if you do, if you are on hormonal birth control, if you are getting a bleed, that's a withdrawal bleed. And it's mostly a medicine-based bleed. Like, oh, there's too many toxins in your system. Let's get them out. And Mm. then your body bleeds. So So if somebody, sorry to interrupt you, but if a woman says on, oftentimes, if you're on hormonal birth control, oftentimes women will say, oh yeah, I have a really light period or like my period's only like two or three days. Is that what you're referring to? Mm-hmm. Because it's okay. not a period. It's a fake period. And okay. people don't like to hear that. But if your brain, because your menstrual cycle starts in your brain, if your brain cannot communicate to your ovaries, how are you ovulating? You're yeah. not. Right. Yeah. And so, so if you're blocking ovulation, then just the way that the body works, the physiology, you can't actually menstruate if you're not also ovulating. Is that correct? 100%. Okay. Okay. So that's the combination pill. That's a combination pill, but that is also the patch and the ring. So that's how those work. So on one end, we have the mini pill, we have the IUD, and I feel like there's one other thing I'm missing, but I'll just stick with those because they're at the top of mind for me. They use something called progestin. It's progestin based. And what they do is they thicken the cervical fluid, preventing the sperm from being able to actually like move and groove the way we want it to. Okay. Then on the other end, we have the combination pill with the estrogen in it. Okay. Or synthetic estrogen, I should preface and the patch and the ring. So. Gotcha. Okay. And I feel like that that's something that you're just like busted a major myth for a lot of people. This is not the first time I've heard it from you, but I think a lot of men and women don't know that that's actually what's happening inside the body when you are using hormonal birth control. Like the that you're not actually having a period, you're not actually ovulating, and you're not actually like letting your body 
function the way that it was created to. Like, I don't think people really put that together that, and correct me if I'm wrong, like are, are women just like, wait, what? When they hear that from you? Every day. You know, like there's the amount of myths that actually happen surrounding hormonal birth control and like in myth busting, like you have your ghost ghostbusters. I'm a myth buster when it comes to everything birth control. And it's because the we're taught and we're conditioned to believe that birth control is this magic pill. But mm-hmm. baby, healing is a process and never a pill. So like if you're trying to control birth, that's one thing. But a lot of people are put on hormonal birth control to regulate their periods, to alleviate pain, to whatever, fill in the blank, mm-hmm. right? And we look at it, but it's like, what about the side effects, right? Mm-hmm. So yes, very just, I bust the myths all day. That's what I do. Well, you're saying like, okay, so yeah, I've heard that too before from doctors who are saying like, oh yeah, you have irregular periods. Let's get you on the pill. It'll regulate them for you. And that's completely contrary to what you just said. Cause what you just said is you're like, baby girl, you're not even having a period to regulate. Yeah. So here's the funny thing. How do I say this in a nice way? A lot of doctors are indoctrinated in the Western medical system that teaches you how to treat a problem, not identify and understand the root cause or a condition. And this is no shade, no tea to anybody's doctor. If you're a doctor listening to this, I'm not trying to be shady. You know how long you spent studying menstrual cycles and fertility. Right. I have a friend who literally just graduated from like Harvard Medical School. Like he is a Harvard doctor at this point. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. He told me he spent two weeks studying the menstrual cycle. And I was like, how many phases are there? He's like, what are you talking about? Wow. <laughs> you went wow. to Harvard? Okay. Well, and it sounds like it's viewed as a problem to begin with. Like out of the gate, it's looked at like a problem. So if the idea is to regulate something, regulate might just be a word for like, let's remove, let's let's bypass this problem. Yeah. You know, out of curiosity, uh, as we're talking about, you know, side effects, we obviously know that an effect of this would be the prevention of uh, pregnancy. What are some of these other issues that are going on here? We're talking about synthetic uh, hormones that are being being put into your body. You know, we kind of have these two tiers that we've been talking about. Is one worse than the other? You know, besides just the fact that these are these are synthetic and, and created in the lab, what is going on in the body when these these loops that are so natural are getting blocked or redirected? Hmm. Oh, Chase, you're in for a treat. (laughs) Okay. So here's what's being impacted by synthetic hormones, your libido, your sex drive. Okay. Your brain chemistry. There is an entire book all about your brain on hormonal birth control because your brain fires different things off when you're on hormonal birth control, which means Mm -hmm. when you transition off, there's a good chance that you're not even attracted to your partner because your brain was altered. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've heard your that. mood, your mood. Oh my goodness. I was on hormonal birth control my freshman year of college. And I feel like I'm a vibe more than I am a mood now, but I was like a moody fill in the blank. Like it would be, it, no, it would be everything under the sun. It wasn't just one word. I was just like so moody and so like mean out of nowhere. Okay. Mm-hmm. So mood is impacted. Wait. <sighs> The amount of people who gain weight when they're on hormonal birth control is because they don't understand that hormonal birth control actually tampers with your insulin, your thyroid, and your gut, 
and your estrogen actually begins to store the glucose, right, from our insulin and all how it needs to be processed, it stores it as fat. Mm. Wow. It's wow. essentially like a, a receptor. And people are sure. like, oh, I just gained a little bit of weight. Yeah, that's probably because you're on hormonal birth control. And, you know, I could start in on the blood clots, but in lieu of recent events, I think I will just gracefully say blood clots is also a thing. So those are the main ones. And I think the ones that impact couples the most, really, moodiness and the sex drive and our actual chemistry. So like the pheromones we emit actually change a lot too. So, Mm. I mean, which struggle do you want to pick and unpack? Hey boo, if you're fed up and frustrated by your acne prone skin like I was for so long, trying every organic skincare line, every elimination diet, every so-called miracle spot treatment and getting nowhere, Here's a not-so-fun fact. These well-meaning products could contain pore-clogging ingredients that are basically perpetuating your acne. Yes, even if they are organic, plant-based, expensive, and bougie AF, these pore-cloggers are so common and used all over the place. When I removed all of these pore cloggers by using Clearstem skincare, my face did a 180 in a matter of weeks. And after only a few months, I noticed I wasn't even getting breakouts around my cycle. I didn't even know that was possible. Clearstem's whole mission is to provide anti-acne, anti-aging products that provide clinical results and zero pore cloggers. Here's my current four-step dream team routine. I use the Vitamin Scrub Gentle Exfoliating Cleanser every morning in the shower, followed by the Clarity Serum, which balances the pH of my skin and literally scrubs my pores clean. I let that work for about 15 minutes, and then I use two pumps of the Bounce Back Serum, which works like a boss to repair damaged skin like acne scars and sunspots. Last but not least, I add a dab of the Hydroglow Moisturizer to lock in my dewy brightness. To get your hands and face on the Clearstem goodness, go to clearstemskincare.com and use the code MIMI, M-I-M-I, at checkout to get a hefty discount. Or just check the show notes below for the direct link. Remember, don't give up. You can heal. Cheers and love. Right. And the thing about, you know, hormones in general is that it's this portfolio effect uh, done in combination that gives you, whether it be mood or libido or something like sleep or muscle building, you know, anabolic versus catabolic. It's this portfolio effect that done in combination with these things that we're talking about, estrogen, progesterone, like, you know, testosterone to a certain degree that these things are why you don't want too much or too little is because either end of the spectrum can give you these imbalances. It's not like there's just one set formula. It's Mm -hmm. diverse. And Mm -hmm. so I love that you're shedding light on this and that it can take the, the side effects can take place and show up in a million different ways. And and it can, you know, be more traditionally libido mood, you know, what you're attracted to, what you're not attracted to sleep. Um, And, and so what are some of these things like, that can be done from a lifestyle perspective prior to going to like a doctor or something and getting a recommendation for birth control. If, if it's something like, we're not talking necessarily about birth control, but if it's like irregular periods or irregular cycle, is there an evaluation that you would suggest people do prior to just going into the doctor and getting a recommendation for, you know, a pill? 
the first thing I would do is like, look at how you live your day-to-day -day life. A lot of people don't even have a healthy level of stress established. We are so chronically stressed and so chronically anxious in our society today that that is negatively impacting us, right? So if you learn how to soothe your stress and manage your anxiety, those two things right there will actually help regulate the cycle. Mm -hmm. Those two things right off the bat. That is what I start in with. It's what I will preach because that's free information everyone needs to know, okay? Yeah. Aside from that, I then put into context overtraining and undernourishing. We live in this society which, yes, we are now becoming a lot more accepting of all different body shapes and sizes, but there is still this culture surrounding diets and fasting and being skinny and all of that. So if you're overtraining and undernourishing, that can actually stop your body from actually ovulating. If that happens, because your body is then going to go into this fight or flight mode, if that happens, your body might be like, oh, your menstrual cycle isn't important. We got to keep her alive. So that could contribute to the irregularity. And then, I mean, do we really want to start in on the xenoestrogens and the toxins everywhere we look? Yeah. Like, I mean, what's in our soil now? Mm -hmm. I could go on an entire tangent, but understanding, you know, what's in your products and where your food is actually coming from, like even down to the soil, like when is the last time you touched dirt? If you guys haven't grounded today, go outside and ground too. Just like a yeah. little message. But those things are things that actually help to regulate the cycle. And it's the things that people don't talk about. Getting mm -hmm. for sleep. Like I'm convinced I need one of those like aura rings like you have. Like I'm convinced I need to get one just to know what my body needs in terms of sleep. But if you're able to manage your stress and your anxiety, if you're able to really monitor how you're eating and consuming those proteins, healthy fats and fibers in actually nourishing your body and not obsessing over it. And if you're able to know what's in your products, whether it's your food or like your makeup and skincare, I see Mimi with the glowy skin always. I'm like, like, what are we doing? You know, if you're able to understand those things and know those things and sleep well, you're able to regulate your cycle, but it also comes down to how you feel in your body, yeah. how you feel in your relationship. What, what, I, what I love uh, that you're saying is, you know, you, you even talked about a fitness uh, application or device that are so popular, but what you're describing is just getting really comfortable and familiar with the synchronization and the seasonality and the diversity of your body, such that you can start to use your own body as the, the fitness wearable that gives you the feedback for the profile or the data point with which you can evaluate your own health and your mm -hmm. own normality. And the more intimate and the more comfortable you get with those feedback pieces from your own body, whether that be your poop or your pee or your sleep or your period, you're getting to the point where you're so familiar, you're able to properly evaluate, hey, am I, am I overdoing it, am I underdoing it? What's equilibrium for me? Instead of outsourcing that determination to something or somebody else. And what's yes. so interesting is you probably don't know this, but the period is actually a monthly report card and assessment of your overall health and well-being. So, you know, kudos to you for just kind of like intuitively knowing that, but you know, you can look at your menstrual blood and actually know whether or not you're healthy. Because if it's this bright cherry red or if it's crimson, that's an indication you have a healthy cycle. 
but if it's this pale pink, that's an indication that there's low estrogen. Mm -hmm. If it's a dark, like a really deep, like purple, almost like black looking estrogen dominance, these are all signs from our body, but we're not in touch with our body enough to really know that, but now mm-hmm. you guys know a little bit. Yeah. And this is something, I mean, periods in general are just something that's like, you know, we don't talk about that at the dinner table. So like 13 year old girls are coming into the world with basically zero knowledge of what you just explained. And I'm, you know, 32 years old now and learning some of this stuff and how do I actually how do I actually treat my body well? And what does that even mean from a period standpoint? And I do want to touch on the fact that, you know, we're talking about how to regulate your own cycle in a really um, intentional and uh, beautiful way. You're talking about grounding, you're talking about nourishing your, your body with the foods that you eat, and you're talking about your stress and anxiety. Well, guess what? All of those things touch into every other major disease that you, that could come up, you know, talk about cardiovascular disease, diabetes, um, you know, things like that, that are lifestyle related diseases. That is the number one killer of people today, like cancer, diabetes, cardiovascular disease. All of those are lifestyle related. And what you're talking about doesn't just give you benefits for regulating your period. It also is like helping disease proof your body. Yeah. Like, that's just kind of how we live. I feel like that's very common for like people who are very conscious and aware. Like that is what we do is like, because it's a non-negotiable, but like, there's so many different ways we can take this, but this is what I will say. Just so we're all on the same page and setting the record straight. Hormonal birth control does not regulate you. It does not matter what anybody tells you. I don't care how many letters after their name they have. Okay. X, Y, Z. I I don't care. It just does not because that is not what it's designed to do. Hormonal birth control is designed to disrupt your natural homeostasis and what's going on with you. That is what it's designed to do, but it's not presented that way. It's marketed completely different as this will solve your problems. Mm -hmm. Tell the truth. It's yeah. (laughs) So in short, if I have this correct, you know, the, the things that we're doing on a daily basis, a lot of us are, you know, maybe overtraining, they're under eating, they're in a constant flight or flight, they're drinking, you know, pints on the weekends and not nourishing their body. All of these things that are basically an affront to the natural rhythm and flow of what your body is meant to do. The body can respond to that by shutting off the woman's period as a sort of like alarm system, like, hey, homegirl, something's wrong. You like, this is something you need to pay attention to. We're shutting these things down because we're trying to keep you alive. It's almost like they bottled that dysfunction into a pill or a patch or a ring or a shot and said, here you go. Here's a pill of dysfunction that will tell your body that it is not operating correctly. So we can just shut off this necessary function of life. Is that pretty much correct? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm glad I came to your TED talk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I really want people to understand like what's happening. Like oftentimes when you go to your doctor and you're like, Hey, yeah, I lost my period. It's like, okay, what's happening? What's going on? But like doctors are handing that out like candy to 13, 14, 15, any age, really, it sounds like. And it's just like a, a dysfunction pill that's meant to 
what, like you said, disrupt things. Yeah. And from what it sounds like, it's such a bummer because this is such an indicator. It's, it's an alarm system or at least a friendly reminder uh, that there may be something to look into in your own body, in your own mm-hmm. lifestyle. And if that's just getting muted and, and says, we're good. Yeah. It stopped. Yeah. You know, the alarm's off now. You may just rip the alarm out of the wall, broke it over your yeah. knee, but there's there's a fire somewhere. Right. Still. You didn't get rid of the smoke or the fire. It's just you're not now aware of the alarm system. Yeah. And what's so crazy is the American College of Obstetrician and Gynecologists, supported by the American Academy of Pediatrics, at the end of last year, at the end of 2020, said the menstrual cycle is the fifth vital sign for adolescents. They're just now doing it. They presented it in 2018, had to like do the science thing with all the boards where they go back and forth. And now at the end of 2020, they're just now saying this is a fifth vital sign. Mm. Think about how many generations, how many generations went without knowing the importance of the menstrual cycle. Thankfully, we know now, but it wasn't until arguably 2018 where it was like, no, we actually need to pay attention to this and understand it on a deeper level so that we can catch certain conditions, chronic conditions earlier on. Mm-hmm. It's, it's wild, but yes. That is- yeah. It'll be interesting to see where that discovery, uh, where it takes, you know, where it takes this area of science and, you know, hopefully they'll start actually using women in research studies to get a better idea of how certain drugs or certain interventions are going to affect, you know, this fifth vital sign that we have that we know is happening, but that the testing isn't really happening. Um, It's really unfortunate, but I want to shift into, you know, maybe some safer alternatives for someone like us. You know, we are not in a position where we are actively trying to have a child, might happen in the future. Right now, not a great time. And I do believe that people should have that, um, you know, sort of, I guess, allowance or that, you know, that ability to maybe say like, yes, let's, let's try now or let's hold off. I do believe in that kind of freedom. But what are some safer alternatives for the woman who, and man who, who don't want to Uh, dip into hormonal birth control, or maybe they want to get off hormonal birth control, what are they supposed to do? So for those who are like you all, right, very conscious and cute relationship, which we love, you know, I recommend fertility awareness. And this is simply knowing when you're fertile throughout the month and when you're not. Now, there are a lot of different biomarkers that you can go by. Um, I personally like to use something called the symptothermal method. Now we're about to get a crash course in biology. Okay, Let's do it. Ladies, get ready to check your panties. Guys, <laughs> get ready to help her out, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so cervical mucus is one of the main indicators of whether or not you're ovulating throughout the month. Since there's four phases of the cycle and the main event is ovulation, if you are not trying to conceive, you want to exp- like use extra caution during this time. The cervical mucus, what you're going to do like in the morning before you tinkle, you're going to take tissue and you're going to wipe and you are going to look for discharge that looks clear, slippery, and stretchy. It looks like a raw egg white. Like I want you guys to think about like what glue kind of looks like, like glue feels like, but doesn't look like we want, unless it's like the clear glue. I don't even know what kids use anymore. Like do they even <laughs> have arts and crafts anymore? Like 
but we're looking to know what the cervical mucus looks like. We're also going to think about cervix placement. So there's this method we use, and it's called show, but it's to know, you know, is the vagina, like, is the cervix soft, high, open, and wet, okay? So the closer you get to ovulation, the more your cervix is going to rise, and it's going to feel soft, high, open, and wet. Specifically, it'll feel like your cupid's bow. If you're not close to ovulation, it'll feel like the tip of your nose. So ladies, you can literally wash your hands, obviously. Take your finger, insert it into the vaginal canal in the morning and actually see like where your cervix is, okay? Those are the main two things. And then I personally track my basal body temperature every morning too, um, but I noticed like some people don't like that, it's annoying, but the main two things you're looking out for are, what does my cervical mucus look like? And if it looks like raw egg whites, you're ovulating. And if your cervix is soft, high, open, and wet, you are ovulating. Now, if it's dry, tacky, and pasty, you're not ovulating. If it gets a little bit creamier and kind of looks like lotion, it means ovulation is on its way. The moment that it gets tacky, it's like wet and watery, you're like very close, like a day or two away from ovulation. And the moment that you can go like, well, they can't see me. I don't yeah, know how yeah, to describe yeah. it. But like the moment you can stretch that mucus yeah. and it's it's nice and it's translucent, you are ovulating. So that's like, the cervical mucus. Like the cheese on a Domino's commercial. It, basically, yeah. <laughs> okay. We're not going to get into that. Yeah. (laughs) So there's that. And then, you know, I think cervical mucus is the main thing. And what I'll do is I'll send you a link so that you can put in the show notes so they can see like a visual of this. Um, Cervix placement. How do I say this? If you cannot go all the way in, that means that she Mm. is not ovulating. Okay. Okay. Like that's the best way to put that. Yeah. yeah. That. Yes. Yeah, no, okay. Well, we, we know. We know. Yeah. What's going yeah. Yeah. On. There are times when it's like, wow, that. Well, yeah. It's like, oh, you were hitting my heart. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and like our listeners are, we talk about sex, totally. you know, all the yeah. time on here. Like, th- this is okay. totally all things are welcome here, but this is like real talk. So this, that's why certain times of the month, and I haven't been, you know, well versed in like cervical actual placement. So this is great crash course for both of us there is certain times where I'm like holy crap this is hitting my heart I you know it's almost like not painful but it's like tender almost because it's like so low um and obviously there's workarounds and everything like that but that makes sense now yeah why it's sometimes so okay so the function of like when you're ovulating obviously your body is telling you like hey this is a really good time to make a baby so we're gonna raise the cervix so that it's more comfortable or what's the physiological benefit of that? So you can get in deeper and it's a shorter path for the sperm to get to the egg to Mm. fertilize it. But also like if we could just take a moment to talk about one thing that this, you know what, this isn't TMI. This is the medicine that you all need. If you have never looked at your partner's seminal fluid or sperm, Mm. okay, you're going to want to learn how to read it. Because you can tell how fertile he is based off of the color. If the seminal fluid, so if the cum is opaque and pretty thick, very fertile. But if it's clear, it's not as much, like there's not as much sperm there. Mm. Um, And the reason I'm sharing this is because 
we are talking about fertility, but a lot of times with infertility, it's on the weight of the woman, but like guys play a big role in that too. Right. So just wanted to kind of like throw that in there too. Um, because if you have two very, like, let's say two people who are in an optimal state of health, right. And you're ovulating, we're, we're nice, we're deep, everything's good. That is like a recipe for conceiving. But also if you're not actively trying to conceive, you want to like be as cautious as possible. And my rule of thumb is about five to seven days before ovulation, wrap it up or make Mm -hmm. sure the pullout game is extra strong, like whichever one works for you. Um, And the reason being is because sperm can live in the uterus for up to five days and in the fallopian tubes for up to seven days. So Mm -hmm. you two are like really healthy, right? And I'm like, okay, me, me, baby, make sure you're (laughs) checking your panties for your cervical fluid and make sure like chase, make sure she, make sure you check too. Like, you know, because (laughs) we want to actively prevent pregnancy, but the only way to really do that in a natural form is to get familiar with body literacy, cervical fluid and cervical mucus. Also, when the cervix is low you will know because basically when you're doing the knuckle test if it's if you can put your finger here then it feels like the tip of your nose your cervix is low but then if you go to the second like line of your knuckle on your index finger that means okay it's getting it's medium height but it's getting higher and then if you're all the way into that third knuckle you're high you're soft high open and wet so if you're like oh i don't really know where i'm at you can tell based off of this you will be able to tell with like ease. Um, For those transitioning off of hormonal birth control, I will tell you, give yourself a six to eight weeks timeline, get your probiotics in, get your prenatal in. And the reason being is because your body's depleted of a lot of nutrients. So the stuff that I'm saying about cervical mucus specifically, you're barely going to know what's going on down there mm. and know that it's going to take your body about four to six months to actually detoxify all of the synthetic hormones and toxins that were present. Um, but after that six month mark, you should be able to utilize the information about cervical mucus and cervix placement. Cool. Love it. Good oh. to know. We, we got some homework. Yes. Love. I mean, as Ace Ventura was right, it is the mucus that binds us. <laughs> <laughs> It's, uh, yeah. no, this is completely eye-opening. It's, it's incredible. Really just fascinating what the body is, is literally just communicating this all the time that we're so unaware of in our culture. Yeah. And you know, what's really cool is there's a lot of different apps out there that allow you as a woman, you can track it, but you can also share it with him. So mm-hmm. he can know where you're at too. He can be like, Hey, I saw that your cervical mucus was like this. Like it's literally insane what you're able to do wow. with technology and if you do feel uncomfortable having this conversation with your partner, which honestly don't feel uncomfortable. Like this is like how you build a healthy relationship. In my opinion is having these conversations. If you feel uncomfortable with it, you can literally share the app. Be like, Hey, put this app on your phone. So you know, what's going on with my body. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. You should want to know, like for the record, he should. Want to- well, yes. and maybe that's a good transition into the, into a question. I think that um, would be really helpful, especially for guys is like, what are you traditionally seeing? You know, we've talked about birth control and we've talked about, you know, periods and what are you traditionally seeing as huge gaps from the male lens, the male perspective on awareness? Um, what are, what are some things that you can sort of, that you see a lot with, you know, the women you're working with and maybe their couples that, that guys just need to like rally and get into this a little bit. You talked a little bit about just getting really familiar with 
the, the mucus element, uh, the timing element of a cycle. What else? Okay, you may have never done this, but next time you brush your teeth, turn your toothpaste tube over and take a look at the ingredient list. You'll probably see things like sodium fluoride or sodium lauryl sulfate or sorbitol or artificial colors like blue dye number one. These are major hormone and gut disruptors. Do you see glycerin in the ingredient list? That's made from GMO vegetable oil, my love. It's toxic to your cells and actually blocks your saliva from doing its job in mineralizing your teeth. As a registered dental hygienist and lover of true holistic health, I quit using commercial toothpaste and dental products a long time ago. They just do not meet high standards for long-term health, no matter what seal you see stamped on the front of the tube. The ingredient list doesn't lie. If a product is going into my mouth and into my body multiple times a day, every day, in my opinion, it should be clean, reliable, and free of hormone disruptors and gut irritants. Which is why Chase and I have completely made the switch over to Living Libations Dental Products. They are packed with ancient healing herbs, gentle oils, and alkaline buffers. Our favorite is the Neem Alkalinizing Toothpaste. Only a tiny dot is needed, but you'll feel your whole mouth come alive as it breaks up bacteria colonies that cause bad breath while keeping your saliva alkaline, which is essential for a healthy mouth. Not to mention your teeth will feel super smooth and polished. To try for yourself, go to livinglibations.com and use the code MEDICINE, M-E-D-I-C-I-N, for a nice discount. They have a wide variety of products to choose from and amazing customer service if you have any questions on which product is right for you. When we know better, we can do better. And now, you know. Cheers, boo. You know, I actually have to be really honest with you. Men are so open to this conversation. Mm. And I have never, ever had a negative encounter whether it's being in my own personal life and like my friends or like my partner, or it's with my clients, men are so open and receptive because we, I think they're receptive because they are like, okay, I finally have something I can do to support you. Mm. Like I finally can help in some way because yeah. I don't yeah. know one man that wants to see their woman in pain, you oh. know? And there are moments where guys are like, oh, I don't want to talk about blood. Okay. And like, fight me, you know, like <laughs> whatever, dude, like, I don't want to talk about calm. Like, you know, that if that's how you want to be, but I've noticed, especially with the more informed you are as a woman and the more willing you are to communicate your needs, the more receptive a man really is. Now, they may not want to know that you have like blood clots, okay? They may not want to know all that and that's okay. But men actually are really, really receptive. But maybe it's the type of men that my clients are with and the men I surround myself with. If I'm yeah. talking to someone in the toxic masculine, like let's say what it is, it's go time, right? Like it's, yeah. it's, it's go time. He's like, Oh, I don't want to hear about that. Okay. So then why am I opening my legs to you? Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. I think, I think the way that it's um, presented from the woman, you know, this is just coming to me, but like, 
if it's presented in a way to a man who has a masculine type energy, who at his essence wants to provide in his, mm-hmm. in his DNA, that is single focused, I want to provide. I think what would be helpful for women is coming at it, you know, maybe not in a defensive type of way or in a way where you're like, you never care what's going on with my body. I need your help. That's very prickly and probably really hard to respond to in a conscious type of way, unless you're just with a sage. But I think from a woman's perspective, if you came in and like, hey, I'd really like to talk about this because, you know, what it would provide me is blank, confidence, a deeper connection, understanding. I would feel really supported from you. And that would just, it would mean the world. I would just, it would be like this burden is like lifted off my chest. And I would really love your help in this area. Like, is that something that you think you could do? That is a completely different conversation Mm -hmm. than, you know, coming in hot. So I think that there is some ownership and responsibility on the woman's shoulders too, in how she presents it as well as the man's response to it. And I think one of the things I've noticed is a lot of women want to practice the fertility awareness method. They want to practice cycle syncing and then they present it to their partners, but they have no idea how to communicate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I mean is a perfect segue because we want to talk about cycle syncing and what that conversation looks like. So um, can you just, if for someone who's never heard that term before, what is your cycle syncing elevator pitch of like, what is it even? Cycle syncing is aligning all aspects of your life with your menstrual cycle. It's using the menstrual cycle as a blueprint. Um, and that's it. That's the elevator pitch. But I'm assuming we want to get into some of the, the micro details about the phases. So there are four phases of the menstrual cycle. The first phase being menstruation. This is when you're on your period. Generally, energy levels are low. Generally, you do not want to be touched. So men, take note. Like maybe she, maybe she's not trying to get frisky. Maybe she just needs a hug and like a butt rub. And like, that's yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. That's, Jotting that's down to... those right now. <laughs> no, no I, can, I can confirm that. Like in days one through four of, and even like, two days leading up to my period is usually when I feel like I know I'm going to start because I'm really low energy right now. And I'll have to, you know, I'll have to relay that to Chase. Like, Hey, I don't want to go on a, you know, five mile walk today. Like I'm just not feeling it. Um, I'm, you know, about to start my cycle. I'm lower energy. And in that first four days, I'm really not, you know, some people like to go code red. I'm just not one of those people where I can't, I don't feel like having sex on the first four days of my cycle. I just don't. And that's probably pretty common. I don't know. Well, there's been some research studies sharing some things about people actually enjoying period sex because it wow. like it helps with the pain. I don't really think I like that concept personally, but like, do you boo? Like, that's yeah, kind of how I feel. On that. Totally. And so that's the first phase, right? The second phase is the follicular phase. So this is post period, but pre ovulation. Generally during this time, your hormone levels are on the rise, specifically estrogen and the follicle stimulating hormone. We call it FSH. I say, this is a time to really reconnect not only with like the external world professionally, but also in your personal life with your partner. This is a time where you're going to notice and be like, oh, you looking good. Oh, like, <laughs> hey, yeah. you know, that is what's happening. And it's natural because that estrogen is rising. Then we have game time ovulation, right? So this actually only happens for 24 max 36 hours. Wow. Okay. 
time there is a surge in your estrogen, your testosterone, as well as your luteinizing hormone. This is why we're like, oh yes. I mean, if you don't feel like, oh fuck me, excuse my language during ovulation, you're doing it wrong. But like you should really, (laughs) really feel that during ovulation. If you're okay, check and check. We're good there. (laughs) But if you're in pain, there's something else going on. And like we can talk about that at, at a later time. But then during this time, I would say that this is where you are really re-energizing and bringing that zest into the relationship, trying all the things, doing all of the things. It doesn't matter if this is your professional life where you're like launching a new program or pitching yourself or it's your personal life where it's like, hey, like, you know, let's, everybody keeps talking to me about this baby dance. I'm like, what's a baby dance? It's them trying to like conceive. And I'm like, why are you calling it a baby dance? not attractive. Like where's the intimacy, but like that brings a whole different level into things. And then there's the fourth and final phase, which is the luteal phase or what I like to call what we all know it as PMS, but I call it personal mystery salt. So during this phase, you will notice a shift in your mood as well as your energy there's a massive decrease in your estrogen. And generally when there's a decrease in the estrogen, there's a decrease in your serotonin. So you're feeling a little bit moodier. And unfortunately, most people don't have high enough levels of progesterone. So what, instead of feeling like calm, cool, and collected, they're in like raging BITCH mode. And that's because the hormones have just shifted and then the body's not being supported properly. So the partner's job and like your job as the, the menstruator, right? As a woman is to relax and communicate what you need. Your job as the partner, in this case, Chase, for Mimi, your job is to ask her what she needs. Mm. That's good. Got it. No, don't, tell her, don't even try to solve the problem for her. If there's a problem, don't try to solve it. That's not the time to solve the problem. Mm. That's the time to say, hey, it's okay. You can sit with your emotions. You need some time. You need some space. Okay. Oh, you want a massage? I got you. That's what you do during that phase. And it's this, it's a constant give and take. But I think it's really easy if you look at it. Like there's four phases. Week one, I'm resting. Week two re-energized and reconnecting week three like renewed living life week four relaxed chilling and then just know that continuously happens month after month and everyone should be good and get your sex to match up with that too yeah it's such it's such good insight uh so often for the masculine we jump straight to solution mode or or penetrating mode and no matter what we do and you know we operate much more on like a 24-hour cycle And so, you know, hearing this information is so critically important, I think, for guys to realize and optimally time their own cycles, which can look something like, you know, exposure to environmental factors like the workplace. If your girl is needing that comfort, that nurture, that non-solution mode during like, let's say the, the uh, relaxation phase or the, or the, or the timeframe when, when PMS might be taking place, critical to know for a guy Hey, if you're going to show up at the end of the day after a long work day where people have been pulling your energy away, where you've been in decision mode and you're, you've put on that masculine hat and then you show up in the home and you're not able to properly transition into nurture, support, question, act, asking, container setting, um, you're really going to want to be mindful of that and show up for your partner when you're in your most optimal state to do so. You know, similarly for us, 
talking about another phase of whether it be the ovulation phase or even just like the re-energizing phase uh, uh, post uh, menstruation would be, guys, we need cycling as well. You know, I'm really into supplements and a lot of them are, you know, hormonal adaptogen in nature, which is, you know, properly giving me to the testosterone levels that I would, that I would like, you know, my own protocols when it comes to fitness programming, you know, how I'm lifting, how I'm eating. If I can match that with when I want to show up the, of the most sexually with Megan's cycle, I'm going to do that along the phase of ovulation or this sort of re-energized phase, maybe not on one of the others. So properly being really into how you're living your life, realizing and understanding that guys have cycles too. It may not be in the same degree. It may be on the more of like a 24-hour period, maybe more affected by environmental factors like work, relationships, seasonal changes, things of that nature. You can start to like track with your partner what is and is not working for optimal benefit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we do. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, you go. <laughs> <laughs> So what I was going to say is, you know, one of the things I notice works really well is when a man becomes aware of the phase of the cycle and focuses in on intimacy during PMS and menstruation, you can take the action, right, of actually doing the sex during your follicular and ovulatory phases. And women, we respond completely different. Yes. Because we're like, oh, we love the gentleness, right? The feminine's like, oh, I love the gentleness. I love that. Like I can receive. But the moment we're in our follicular and ovulatory phase, we're like, let me give like in a mm. different way. And so kind of being aware of that in like the twofold aspect of that is really, yeah. I mean, that's how I've seen so many of my clients who are trying to conceive actually get it because they understand like, oh, there's this intimacy aspect of things. It's not just something on the to-do list, right? Yeah. But again, you also don't have to conceive during those times. Like for the record, we are yeah. talking about like birth control, but it's, I just think that it brings in a different dynamic of expression when it comes to actually being in your relationship. No, I think that that's so perfect. And, you know, just to echo that in maybe a different way, like, Sometimes speaking from a bit of experience, if you are a woman like me, who's like, you know, in the first four days, I, I'm not feeling sexual, but that doesn't mean that I don't want connection with my partner. So that can look like just long and intentional, like hugs, or maybe he's like playing with my hair or rubbing my back, or we cuddle longer in bed just because she is maybe not in the sexy phase. And this is where dialogue needs to happen because I will be the first one to say like, I still want you to kiss me. I still want to feel that you like desire me or that we are right. connected. Not, not a leper. Right. You know? like, right. But some, some women do feel like that where yeah. it's like, oh, I guess if my vagina is off limits, then everything else is too. And that's like, no, I got a heart. I got a brain. I got, you know, skin to be touched. Like, all of this stuff is it are things that you can just start talking about um, to you know get on that page of intimacy that you know even if you are trying to conceive if there is a way to do it that feels organic and natural and fun versus like a science experiment like that just contributes to an overall healthier and balanced and more free i think life would you agree hundred percent. Like, it's just so funny. Cause like, I feel like we're all like echoing the same sentiment. Moral of the story, you guys, 
when you are utilizing cycle syncing to optimize all aspects of your life, but especially in your relationship, the more that you communicate what's going on and become aware of the needs of the other person during that time, one, the better off you're going to be overall. Two, better sex. Like we love good sex. Okay. You know, and like really deep connection. And I think that people fail to realize that like sex is an act intimacy. It's a different thing. And then when you have intimacy and sex, that's the connection. Mm -hmm. That's the medicine. That's that's the psychedelic. That's, that's what we're looking for. That's, that's the medicine truly. And it's, it's such an upstream solution to what can take place downstream with so many issues in relationship. You, if you're firing on intimacy and intercourse, those things will take care of such minutia that, that cause problems in relationships because it literally is like a psychedelic. It scrambles the default mode network and washes away those things that would maybe bother you should you not have these moments of deep connection through sex or, or just intimate moments. Yeah. yeah. 100 percent this is such a good conversation guys. Like, <laughs> we're so like gaming them up on things they're not even knowing <laughs> they're like oh yeah okay yes no i love it and i i'm so glad that y- you are here my love and, and able to provide this um sort of perspective from a man's point of view um because you know i think that that is probably the majority of men you know they want to learn how to love their woman better if they're a good man they're they're probably showing up to the best of their ability and sometimes we just don't have the tools. We don't have the knowledge. And I've certainly been there where it's like, I would have done better if I knew how. So we as women can start the dialogue in a very non-confrontational, very loving way that shows your partner what this will provide for you. And I, I, I think that most men will get on board and, and really do what they can to the best of their ability. Um, I do want to talk about as we, um, you know, transition out of cycle syncing, um, I, I know that there has been a lot of talk out in the world and there's been a lot going on in the last, you know, coming up on two years. Um, and I, I was, I'm, I'm really curious to hear from you, you know, with all the different um, shots happening and side effects. And I know you are such an advocate for women and education and you are like this, um, probably I would guess, um, and from what you share on Instagram, this like safe haven for women that they can come and they can share openly and honestly, honestly with you what's going on in their body without judgment, without anything. And you're there to provide feedback and education if you can. In this space of, um, side effects from the shot. Um, can you speak to what you're hearing from women, maybe from an anecdotal perspective, but then also like, are you seeing anything, any information coming, coming out from a scientific perspective on what's going on with women's cycles and the bleeding and the coming out of menopause early and being around people who got the shot and you start having blood clots, like what the, what is actually going on? Okay, so I'm going to preface this by saying your body, your choice. My body, my choice. Your body, your choice. Amen. Keep that same energy. The same energy people have when they say it for other things applies to this whole situation with the shot. And I make no apologies for saying that. Medical freedom and liberty is of the utmost importance to me, which is why I take that stand. Mm -hmm. No. 
the unspoken truth as it relates to what's going on with these shots and menstrual cycles is simply to simply put this no one studied how this would impact menstrual cycles because when we're doing clinical studies clinical trials we don't want variables changing mm -hmm. menstrual cycles change we literally ebb and flow all month long there is no constant with them so when the science people want us to follow ignores the stories and the voices of women they want us to believe there is a problem mm -hmm. and what i have seen is absolutely absurd in so many facets and truly concerning at the very very basic level each shot has this S protein that looks very similar to endometrium tissue. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we've created a shot to target an S protein that actually looks really, really similar to what is naturally produced by our body. Your body will get confused. Your body will try to defend you. So if you've chosen to get the shot, hey, no problem. Hey homies, so there's no denying it. Today's superfood market has become completely saturated with all different types of green juice powders. But here's a little secret for you. Most of them contain 30 or more different ingredients, which kind of sounds like a good thing, right? But with this many, it turns out to be only a little fairy dusting sprinkle of each ingredient. Let's think about this. If the serving size is about a tablespoon of powder, a green juice with fewer ingredients will have a higher dose of each one. That is one of the many reasons I choose the OGJ, that is Organifi Green Juice. Organifi has specifically handpicked 11 potent superfoods like their heavy hitter ashwagandha, you get a full clinical dose of this powerful adaptogen in every scoop of Organifi green juice. Ashwagandha has been proven to greatly support the body in its response to stress. I know I need that basically every day. And all Organifi products are USDA organic, non-GMO, gluten-free, and glyphosate residue free. That's a big one. My favorite way to drink the OGJ is blending it into cold water with a splash of almond milk and ice. It's like a liquid green cupcake. To try Organifi's flagship green juice or any of their other superfood blends, head to Organifi.com and use the code MIMIFIT for an extra 15% off. Enjoy my loves. Make sure you're supporting your immune system and really focusing in on zinc and iron specifically. And then I'm not gonna lie, I feel like AHCC might help too, but I don't know enough about that. But like, I feel like it can't hurt. Magical. Like, I feel like it's magical when it comes to just supporting the overall immune system. So put those in, make sure you're putting that in your body. For those of you who are like me, who I'm pretty sure I've been experiencing some shedding based off of being in, in contact with people because my cycle is doing things I have never seen. Mm. And this is like my personal experience. So like, don't be mad at me. This is what I'm noticing. Yeah. I'm like, okay, 
how can I better support my body? So what I've been doing is really honing in on supporting the immune system because what most people don't realize is halfway throughout your menstrual cycle, your immune system drops by mm. about 40%. So 40% of that energy is redirected to the reproductive system in hopes of having a healthy pregnancy if you conceive, right? So you have to go in and you have to support. Um, again, like for me, my daily routines change in terms of like what it is I'm taking, but I'm taking my menstrual multivitamin all the time. I'm taking my probiotic and I've really been taking, um, I take something called zinc plus from this girl named organic Olivia. It's really helping my body specifically. And so that is what I would say. Again, I think that if you're somebody who has not gotten a shot, um, regardless of how you personally feel, but you are concerned about your fertility, you might want to wait and see what the numbers are saying in terms mm. of research. How do I say this in a politically correct way? We're still waiting on results because one of the lead researchers for one of the main studies being done about the impact of the shots on menstrual cycles put on Twitter that she could not tell the difference between ovulation and anovulation. Ovulation is when the egg is released. Anovulation is when an egg is not released. So when the lead research scientist says they don't know the difference, you should be concerned. Why would she say that? I'm still wondering why she would put that on Twitter. And she's a woman. Like she should know the difference. And I mean, if you're studying fertility, like, I mean, do they need but you to come in necessary. and consult or what's going on here? <laughs> you know, I want them to come get me because I have a lot of questions. Like, and these aren't like me just being like facetious. These are like legitimate yeah. questions. Like, hey, if the S protein is similar to what my endometrium tissue looks like, how is this going to impact fertility down the line? Yeah. Like, and this isn't me trying to be like super skeptical. It's a simple question, right? Based yeah. on the scientific method. The issue that we run into is the lead scientist her area of expertise is not necessarily fertility. She's a scientist. Mm, okay, got it. So she's not like a fertility scientist that's coming in and doing the science. She's a scientist that's wanting to look at for. Oh, sorry, there's someone at the door here. They can just wait. <laughs> um, so, okay, wow, that's really concerning. So is she, are you saying that like this study isn't able to actually happen because she can't tell the difference or is it just going to be like completely skewed? The research study, um, I, I do believe that it may be skewed in a direction that is pro getting the shot. Um, and guess what? I am pro you choosing what to do, what's best for your body. And I don't say this lightly. I say this because what we've noticed anyone who's very conscious and aware of how media works, how society works, you should know that right now the truth is provocative and it's really getting the people going, mm -hmm. which is why the censorship is the way that it is. You know, I mean, I recently started following Dave Asbury or Asprey, Asprey, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's, yeah, he's I've, killing it lately. I was just like, this guy is like, where I never really got into his work and I was like, oh, we align here okay yeah. you know yeah. and what do we appreciate about dave is he's actually in the mainstream i mean yeah. bulletproof is a massive company that exists uh in in traditional mainstream you know health and wellness space so uh major shout out to dave and that's a great question like for all of us uh you know paying attention to you barry we know that 
you're going to be an, uh, an absolute resource for us to like sift through the noise that's happening right now in the world. Um, so if you're not following, please yeah. follow. But what else? <laughs> like what other resources are out there? Dave Asprey is a great account to look into. But if we go into the to the general search engines in the world, we're going to get a curated uh, response based on kind of what the mainstream narrative is suggesting right now. How do we go about sifting through the noise to find like cords of truth so that so that people out there who've got questions, who are curious about all these things that are kind of mysteriously going on, can get some info? So the first thing I would say is knowing your moral code, first and foremost, what it is that you value, what you believe is ethical and not know your beliefs and be unshakable in standing in those. That is the first thing. Second tip I have is reading. Okay, friends. So we all know how headlines are written. I want you to take out all of the adjectives of the headlines and see what the sentence or the headline reads. Mm. Just like, just see, just see what happens. Okay. Um, there was this headline, someone, an obese COVID patient died of blank. And I think this was on Dave Asbury's Instagram. And he was like, just take the COVID out. And like obese was in there. And he was like, that is a disease, a disorder. This is a comorbidity. Think Mm -hmm. deeper right? So I think that in me sharing that example, what I'm hitting on is think about what type of comorbidities also may be present in someone's body or in their headline that they're putting in there. The, I hate to say the fluff and the noise, but the, how do I say, I'm really trying to be like neutral guys, but I'm just an honest person. So this is the truth. Like it hits different. Sorry. Um, the media's job is to write a story that is literally, that is their job is to tell a story. Mm-hmm. So whichever story is going to evoke the most response. Emotion. Right. Is what will go the furthest. So you have to be aware of what aligns with what you believe and what you know, like to your core. Mm-hmm. And then just see, like, just <clears throat> let's see, like, what happens if I take out this descriptor? What, it, what happens if I take this adjective out? Is this as intense as I think it is? Was this person actually healthy or were they already sick? Like, you know, start thinking about things in that scope. And, you know, I could go through a list of some of my favorite, like natural doctors, like Dr. Bradley Campbell. Uh, there's a guy, Dr. Raymond. I don't know his last name, but like, they're all so funny about it at this point because they're like, well, if I post what I really feel, I'll get censored, but come hang out on telegram. And Mm -hmm. I think that telegram has become this hub of people who are truth seekers. Yeah. Now I don't have a telegram, but I know Megan does. Oh, Mm -hmm. go hang out with her. Like I just real fresh this week. Yeah. It's fresh. And and, I I mean, people are loving it. And I, I do share like a lot of the stuff that I share is, is coming straight from Dr. Bradley Campbell and uh, Dr. Raymond. I can't remember his last name, um, but I know exactly who you're talking about. The um, uh, chiropractor um, and Dave Asprey. Like those are the three main guys and Alex Zek who I follow. So they're, they're sending stuff and I'm like, it's blowing my mind. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so good. And then I just copy and paste straight to my telegram. Um, so yeah, if you're not already following all of them on telegram, like you absolutely should. And also, you know, I think right now is a really good time to think about 
healing on a deeper level. So, so often we look at the physical, but now I'm gonna challenge everyone to look at the emotional, which deals a lot with our hormones and the mental, which deals a lot with our belief. And then that spiritual, because when you can have alignment between the physical body, your um, emotional, mental bodies, those three bodies are truly aligned. You can have the true alignment and enlightenment, if you will, arguably of the spiritual body. And I wanted to share that because I know that a lot of people are turning their heads and their nose up saying like, oh, you have to live like this or you have to do that. Live your truth, Mm -hmm. speak your truth and be rooted in that truth. The truth is always the light. And if people want to turn away from it, that's on them. Mm -hmm. But that's just what you got to do. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think the, the, I mean, we are so aligned. Absolutely. Like there are certain values, as you say, where I'm like, this is a hard stop. This is a hard no for me because if I falter here, then I can't with pride later on, look down at, you know, look at myself and my, the, the expression that is my life and look on it with pride and freedom and love, because I know that I am letting go of some of these values that I've, I've, that I'm really standing firm on. So that's like, there's certain things where I'm just like, nope, this is a hard stop for me. So I, I, and everyone's can be different. That's the beauty of freedom Mm -hmm. and uh, freedom of choice and free will. If we don't have that, we don't have anything. And you know, what's so interesting, like just to like kind of build off of that, I encourage people to follow the paper trails. (laughs) Yes. Listen, it's, it's no, do you mean money? (laughs) Yes. Barry's not a fan of big pharma. Like we, we, everybody pretty much knows that I don't really care. It's, it is, I am who I am. Okay. But that's because I'm a fan of natural healing. Yeah. When you follow the paper trails, the people who are being shunned, the people who are being censored are the people who are not actually profiting in any way. They're putting a lot at risk. Right. I remember just making a casual Instagram post. I think it was April 21st of this year saying the unspoken truth because I had had so many people talk to me about the shot and the menstrual cycle. And I I said, here's the unspoken truth. They shut me down and I'm just like, I'm back. And I haven't been able to talk about it since, but I had to say what the unspoken truth is. And that really did hit me in terms of like how much money I was able to make because Instagram was my main way of marketing. Thank God I have an email list. Like, you know, thank God I have a Pinterest and a podcast Yeah, because if it wasn't for these other ways of being able to communicate, not only with my clients, but also my community, I wouldn't have been able to still have my business and be successful and like live how I want to live. Yep. And I'm a small fish. Like people don't even know I exist. And, you know, I mean, one day Oprah will put me on until <laughs> then, you know, like until then yeah. I'm okay with that, you know, so just make sure you are following the paper trails. Like I have never, ever in history seen people get paid to take care of their health. Can you pay me for how I'm living? Like, oh girl, I, I think about I that all check? the time, right? Like yeah. we literally it's it's actually our job to maintain balanced health naturally mm-hmm. and we we wouldn't have it any other way so i'm like 
I, I get, a, you know, sort of like, mm, it's a little prickly when somebody, you know, maybe says, maybe not directly to me, but implies that, you know, I might be selfish with my decisions, or I might not be thinking about other people or whatever. And I want to be like, excuse me, with love, I work 365 days a year, the way that I move, the way that I eat, the way that I sleep, the way that I interact with my love, the way that I consume supplements, I live so intentionally every single day of the year. And I am probably the lightest burden on the medical system that exists. Like I'm being facetious and I'm claiming that title, but you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I work every single day, like it's my job. So I can't, I can't tolerate or just let someone you know, put that on me that I'm a, I'm a burden or I'm not taking other people's health seriously. I can't, can't do that. I can't go there. It's just the logic fails. You're so nice about it. Cause me, I'm like, let's go there. Like I, I, you know what, like you want a problem? Like I will give you a problem. I'll give you that headache. And it's because like, you know, you can try to tread lightly and expressing yourself and then people are still attacking you and listen i'm a pisces like okay i'm actually really sensitive but i have a virgo rising and she will not mess with you like she's just Uh like come through like she's ready to go but it's like serious in all seriousness i'm a very sensitive person right and so when i'm getting attacked for actually telling the truth it eats away at my immune system indirectly You know, so that's why I say follow the paper trail and see, are people getting paid? Like I heard that influencers were getting paid and I was like, yeah, that's, I mean, the definition of, of coercion and, and um, yeah, I mean, we could, this could be a whole episode (laughs) in and of itself and maybe it will be, I don't know. We'll we'll come in the telegram. Yeah. Yeah. You should. (laughs) Oh my gosh, you should. Um, I'm definitely posting this in my telegram channel for sure. Um, I mean, I know that this is a, a hot topic and it's a, it's a heavy topic at times and it can be really controversial. It definitely is. Um, but you know, something, a, a trend, um, that we talk about, a concept that we talk about without fail almost in every single episode of our podcast, and I know yours as well, is this concept of intuition, bodily intuition, and not just getting still and tapping in, but practicing, listening to your body and developing that intuition. It's not just for cycle syncing. That's great, Mm -hmm. but it's also understanding what you will and won't do and what feels right and wrong to put inside your body what medical treatments feel right or feel wrong to you. Like you have to get in touch with that intuition. Nobody is going to fight for your health freedom, like your own self, like your, for your own freedom. Like that only you can do that for yourself and advocate for yourself. No one's going to advocate harder for you than you. And so if, if that can, you know, um, I don't know if you have anything to add there, but it's so critically important from every aspect of health to develop this health intuition. I couldn't agree with you more. I literally have nothing else to say because like, that's how I feel. We're very, we're, I feel like we're always in alignment with each other. Like we're yeah. very much so in sync indirectly, like without trying to be, but yeah, I agree. 100%. Yeah. We've probably had other lives together. We've met in other lives. I feel like we have because I was like sitting watching you guys and I was like, man, if I had conscious parents, it would be like these. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, next time you come to San Diego, 
or if you ever um, I, I love san diego but I'll yes. be there. Don't come worry. hang out come, come hang out we'll we'll take you around and uh, around coronado you'd love it Open it's it like night. uh maui and mexico had a little love child my older brother lives there so maybe it's time to oh yeah visit. come on yeah you should that's amazing synchronicities um, well, I, I want to keep talking to you, but you've been so generous with your time and, and we'll obviously have you back on in the future for sure. Um, as we come to a close here, we have a couple rapid fire questions. Um, you know, the medicine podcast is all about expansion in the way of body, mind and relationships and really honing in and harnessing and digging into these medicines. And we want to know from you first, what currently feels like medicine for your body right now? Ooh, you know what? It's actually been sleeping with the sun. So mm, your circadian wow. rhythm is already supposed to be in sync with the sun, right? But it, my body, like I literally wake up with the sun and I go to sleep on the sunsets. Wow. That feels so good. I have never slept so well. And like, felt so refreshed. I mean, I'm 27 and I'm like, am I 22? Like, you know, (laughs) so that has really, really felt like medicine for me. It's the way that I'm able to sleep with the actual sun. Ah, word. I love that. Absolutely. I'm so aligned with that. Yeah. Yeah. What about, uh, what about for your mind? What feels like medicine for your mind? Meditation. Mm. I know it sounds so ridiculous, but with everything going on, I think it's really important to have a calm spirit and a steady mind and meditation allows me to do that. Yeah, absolutely. 100% agree. What about for your relationship or relationships? What feels like medicine for you? You know, I think for my relationship, it's been learning how to receive in different ways. You know, I, I think that I struggled with that for a really long time because I grew up in a house with boys. I have three older brothers. I'm from a military family, you know, so I'm used to like that masculinity and being very independent. And in my relationship, I'm learning truly how to like be taken care of and like receive and lean into that feminine. Mm. And it's so weird, but I love it. I it love it so good. much. It feels so yeah. good, but it's like also so foreign too. I'm like, huh. but yeah. yeah. I love that. That's so good. Oh my gosh. Um, You have been such a gem, such a treat to speak to. And I know that you are just going to keep educating and advocating like you are. Um, One more time, if you could give a plug to your course uh, and where people can get more of Barry. Yeah. So you can come and hang out with me and my group program. It's called Optimize Your Flow. Go to optimizeyourflow.com and you can find it there. Um, come hang out with me over on the gram at Barry on Elberry. I feel like a lot of your followers are like and listeners already hang out with me there, but listen, sugar, spice, all things organic and nice. That's what we do over there. So <laughs> get ready. And lastly, my podcast, which is called Flow with Barry on Barry. And we're all about like flow as a state of mind, a way to live your life. And yeah. Yeah. Oh, awesome. I such, love your- such an incredible resource for yeah. us, uh, for our community and uh, so much gratitude for you and everything that you're doing. Thank you for having me guys. Yes. We'll have all the uh, links to all of that in the show notes, check it out and, and get, you know, start the conversation or send this to your partner, send this to your best girlfriend. If you don't have a partner, like get this good information out. This is how it spreads is by 
people who trust other people and they're like, oh my gosh, you got to listen to this. And I just encourage you, if this is something you've never talked to your partner about, whether it be cycle syncing or fertility or birth control, if you're in that space where you want to get the burden or all of that, you know, all of the responsibility off your shoulders, I, I can really speak from experience and letting your partner in on that conversation is really, really freeing and um, a, a way for amazing, deeper connection and relationships. Um, let us know what you thought of the episode, share it to your Instagram, all the things we always want to hear from you. We want to hear who's listening and what you think. We are in this with you. Lean into these practices and uh, let us know what you think. We're going to be doing these ourselves. So any questions, comments, you know, yeah. wins that you're finding in your embodiment of these types of practices, let us know because we are thirsty for growth. All right, you guys, thanks for hanging in and we will talk to you next time. Okay, bye. If you liked this episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen. This will ensure that every episode drops into your library automatically. Also, make sure you're following me on Instagram at Mimi underscore the medicine. To learn more about our favorite health products, foods, and supplements we discuss on here, visit getmimifit.com forward slash the medicine cabinet, or just check the show notes below. Until next time, cheers, boo.